All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the inaugural episode of the Fig Cave Fantasy Football Podcast. I know what you're thinking. I'm a wrestling nerd, and now I'm listening to nerds talk about football, but this is a, this is a safe place for all nerds, so I want to uh, stress that ahead of time. This is going to be a special uh, weekly episode of the podcast. It's going to be in addition to what we normally do here. We'll be talking me and my buddy Greg here, who I'll introduce in a moment. We'll be talking fantasy football um, leading up to the draft, leading up to uh, the season starting, and then all the way through the season, uh, family and school and work permitted. Uh, we would love to do that. So um, if you're a fantasy football fan, thank you for listening. Uh, if you're a wrestling fan, thanks for downloading. Uh, if you, You're going to see these in the same feed you see your wrestling episodes. If you don't want to listen to them, just skip them over, but we wanted to have everything in one place for people to get all of our content. So without further ado, let's start the show. I'll introduce my co-host, uh, former co-worker, current friend, uh, Mr. Greg Angel. What's going on, Greg? How are you this evening? Hey, Phil. Really excited to be doing this with you. You know, you know, this came about just because I shot you a text and you made it all happen. So I'm really excited to uh, do this and uh, pretend like I'm an expert at something for once. <laughs> well, I mean, you asked me to do this for a while and I've kind of been hesitant, but I've I had the itch over the last couple of weeks and we just started spitballing and we feel like we got a pretty good kind of base for what we're going to do the show about. But you, you touched on it there. We're not experts, which I like. Some of the podcasts that I listen to, Greg, get so deep into the weeds on you know different stats and, and all that stuff is great. We're not going to be doing that. I've been playing fantasy football since uh, high school, 99, 2000, so over 20 years. You're probably pretty similar in the same boat. So we've been around the block. We've seen it all. Uh, and uh, we want to help people win some money. We want to have some fun and talk fantasy football, and hopefully we can give some good advice along the way. That's That's kind of the bonus. Yeah, if you're here to hear details about the fifth string running back for the Miami Dolphins, it's the wrong podcast for you. Exactly. We're just here to, you know, I think a lot of people come into their draft times and they end up showing up and they got a magazine or, you know, they got a Yahoo list they printed out before and they're going down the list and they take the guy on the top. But um, we're going to help you make some money and maybe win win some money this year and uh, have some fun while you're doing it. For sure, we got to thank our sponsors, uh, Jimmy's Famous Seafood. We're here. I'm here in the Jimmy's Famous Seafood Studios. Greg's out in the uh, Death Valley Clemson Studios. We'll call it, I guess. Um, and our buddies, <laughs> virtual. At, yeah, virtual, virtual fig cave. And our buddies at the Full Tilt Brewing uh, Company down in Baltimore are going to be sponsoring us, giving us some cold, tasty beers to drink while we talk football. Maybe we'll have those guys on for like a mock draft or something. Uh, but we appreciate. It. We got two sponsors already before our first episode. That's so that's pretty cool. Um, you guys, very, very cool. Hopefully, hopefully we can join each other for a beer, oh, a yes. full seal beer, one day at the uh, brewing company for sure. Uh, you can follow Greg on Twitter at Greg Angel A N G E L zero three. You can find me on Twitter at I hate JJ Reddick. And uh, you can follow us there. I I enjoy giving people fantasy advice during the season. Some like you know Sunday morning start sit stuff. Uh, so feel free to uh, tweet us and uh, hit us up. Tell us how great uh, the show is so far and all that good stuff. Um, so just an overview of what we're going to do here. We're going to do this probably, I think when we record, we'll do a couple episodes at a time. But I think me and Greg have talked about, we have a, a list of topics uh, between you know going through individual positions. We want to look at the schedule more in depth. Uh, some drafting tips for people that are maybe new to uh, like a live draft or an online draft. Uh, some sleepers and busts, of course. Every podcast does those. 
uh, some mock drafts. We'll have some people on if, if we get some listeners that want to do a mock draft with us live on the air and kind of break it down and see where we where we made some good picks or some bad picks. So there's a lot of cool stuff we can do in depth before the season starts, Greg. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, and you know we're going to get into some you know off normal topic stuff. We're going to talk about offensive lines and coaching changes because those type of things affect how these guys perform, and you know those might not be something that a amateur fantasy football player, someone who's just kind of does it on the, on a whim would think about. So um, we'll give you some of those details. Uh, we, we have a, a top 10 list of some, some, some players to talk about today, some coaching changes, some different things in the league, some kind of like the, the top 10 storylines heading into the 2021 season. I don't want to spring this on you, Greg, at the end of the show, I want you to give me one name. I don't care what position it is. I don't care if it's uh, Patrick Mahomes, but I want you to give me a player that you want on all your teams that you're going to plant a flag in and say, "This is the guy I think is going to be." It doesn't have to be a sleeper. It could be a top, you know, a top guy. I don't care, but I want to know who that guy is because I have I have a good name uh, that I've been really digging into a little bit further over the last week or so that I'm excited about. So. Do you can you can do some cool. quick research? Yeah, on I'll that. figure it out as we go. There's yeah. definitely a lot of guys you can bank on. So uh, let's start with with the biggest thing, and I don't know how to even talk about this, Greg. But this is adding an extra game to the season. So if you don't know, if you're living under a rock in that COVID life, uh, 17 game schedule now instead of the normal 16. I'll start with you, Greg. How how do you think this is going to change not only regular football, how we watch it, how it how the players adjust to it, but fantasy our our normal fantasy football schedule? I think you know one of the biggest things you think about fantasy related and regular football related is I think coaches are going to have to find time to integrate more players into their schemes. You know the position that comes to mind with fantasy football that always has a bunch of injuries and you always got to find somebody who you've never heard of is running back. Yeah. I don't think there is one running back in the league that can be the lead back in every game for 17 games now. They couldn't do it for 16 before, and already running backs are kind of by committee. But when you're drafting in fantasy football and you're saying, hey, I'm everybody's always running back starving, this guy has to play for me every down. Well, it's just not going to happen anymore. Um, you know, and – I just think, you know, coaches kind of figure out phases of the season where they might use one guy one season, you know, game planning. You're going to have to find guys to plug in week by week. That's always, always a search for that, particularly at running back. A hundred percent. And and a little bit more on the fantasy side, I think bye weeks matter even less. And, and me and you have talked about it when we do drafts together that we don't even pay attention to bye weeks anymore. But now with a seven, another week, I think bye weeks go totally out the window. If I'm at the 11 or 12 pick in my draft and I can get a Austin Eckler and, and, Elliot, and Zeke Elliott who have the same uh, bye week, I'm taking both of those guys. I'll suffer for one week. I'm sure I'll have more than two running backs on my roster so I can sub a couple guys in. And then you have, uh, I don't know when the playoffs start in every league, but you have you know X amount of weeks where you're at full strength with those two guys who are basically, you know, top five top seven running back so um i don't know if you agree with that or not but i think just the bye weeks and, and kind of managing those things go out the window even more with an extra week of football you almost have to approach it and i'm a big nfl draft nerd i start i start the end of the nfl season by doing as many mock drafts for the nfl draft as i can and as soon as the nfl draft is a remove mock drafts for the fantasy football season but you're right i you have to take best player available at yeah. all times and, 
you know, if you're looking at it, would you rather have both your running backs out one week and have a strong chance to lose or have one of your great running backs out one week and the next one out the next week and have a better chance to lose two weeks? Yep. You know, most people play fantasy football in a matchup, matchup uh, setup, not a rotisserie league. So um, just worry about winning most of the matchups and you'll be fine. For sure. The I mean, other thing, go ahead. One, go ahead. one little thing, getting back to the season, you know, it's going to be, and maybe we could talk about this more in depth down the line, but how do you set up your playoffs? Because a team now where week seven, week 17 last year, now it'll be week 18, there might be some players off. Well, it might be a couple weeks now yeah, if a team true. is really running away with a division. So Yeah, the Ravens are 15-0 and 0 and they want to rest some people. You know, I, I could see it, you know, for sure. Yeah, um, that's yeah, a good point. And, and another reason I thought this this podcast would be fun with you is because you're you're way more into college football than I am, and you know a lot of these guys that are coming into the draft, or coming into like our fantasy drafts. Whereas I kind of learn about them as you know, right now I'm learning and watching some film and and seeing them in preseason. You've you know, I mean Travis Etienne and those guys, you you've watched them for several years, so it's gonna be fun yeah. to, fun to kind of get some comparison on some of these players that I don't really know all too well. So that'll be cool. Um, yeah. Let's start with running back. Uh, sorry, quarterback here, and we'll just kind of touch on some big names. Uh, I'll start with some of them. We kind of go back and forth. The biggest storyline. I mean, there's two really big storylines at quarterback, and these are two guys who are MVP caliber players. We'll start with Aaron Rodgers, who uh, right around when the when the NFL draft was going on, raised a, a stink about his extension. Something happened with the front office where he felt disrespected and basically said, "I'm not playing for the Packers again." That's kind of quieted down at this point, um, but we haven't heard anything positive. We haven't heard anything negative. They haven't brought in a guy. They didn't draft anybody, um, so that's good. But uh, we haven't heard anything progressing, so we don't know right now as of uh, eight, uh, what's it, June 23rd, what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers week one, we assume, you know, going forward, unless we hear otherwise he's going to play. Uh, yeah. How do you think this affects uh, drafts, and what do you think is going to happen with this whole situation? I would be really surprised if Aaron Rodgers wasn't back with Green Bay. I was listening to Colin Cowherd the other day, and, you know, these little things like they were saying Tom Brady last year, he uh, put his house up for sale, so everybody knew he was gone. Well, Aaron Rodgers rejoined the, you know, the Wisconsin area. He rejoined a country club for the summer. So that's a positive indication for him being back there. And I just don't see how the Packers could realistically trade him and ever expect to get any value from him. Um and he's not paying back $35 million this year. So from a fantasy football perspective, though, if Aaron Rodgers isn't on the team, everybody drops at least three levels. Every mock, I've been, you know, we're two dads who put our kids to bed and then relax. I do mock drafts. Devontae Adams lasts till middle of the second round when he's probably the best wide receiver in the league. Um, all these guys stock drops in a big way. A guy, a rookie that we talked about college football from my alma mater, Clemson, Amari Rogers, who I think will be a stud for them out of the slot, kind of Randall Cobbrell, he's undraftable with Jordan Love there or whomever you put there. So I think everybody on that team just drops at a huge level if he's gone, and it's it's not even worth looking at them in the same way. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, obviously, guys like Devontae Adams, you know, he's he's a 
one of the best receivers in the league, so he's still going to get his touches. But it's not going to be the same as as a future Hall of Famer throwing you the ball, obviously. So uh, we'll see what happens. Dante Adams had 18 touchdowns last year. Insane. 18. Insane. How many of those were inside the five-yard line? He was constantly getting targeted because I was an Aaron Jones uh, owner, and it was super frustrating that Aaron Rodgers was constantly (laughs) throwing within the 10-yard line. But, yeah, 115 catches, 1,374 yards, 18 touchdowns. Insane. Uh, numbers from Devontae Adams, who uh, we can ha- talk about this on one of our podcasts coming up. Running backs will come in season one, dominate. Receivers, it's not the same thing. You don't see these guys until 26, 27, 28 really become in their prime. And a lot of these guys in the first round or two are 27, 28, 29. Devontae Adams uh, turns 29 in December, so he's 28 now. Um, It just takes a while to learn the NFL game, so there's a lot of young receivers that people are waiting on to kind of blow up, and uh, it just takes a couple years, and Devontae Adams was that case. I mean, he was sitting behind a couple, you know, big-name receivers when when he got drafted. Took him a while, so... We'll see what happens there in Green Bay. We'll, you know, obviously, if if news breaks, we'll have an episode about that. Um, another one that's maybe a, a little bit of a worse situation is Deshaun Watson in, in Houston with the Texans. It sounds like you know he's facing a ton of charges. Uh, we're not going to get into all the details on those. It's you know innocent until proven guilty, I guess you want to say, but it doesn't look good. There's been a lot of women that have come forward, and uh, again, we haven't heard much about him being suspended or I think they're, they're kind of waiting for everything to play out. Uh, yeah. I, I, he's a, he's an MVP guy. If he's healthy, if he's none of this stuff is going on, I mean, he's a guy that you can draft and, and he could finish the number one quarterback in fantasy football. And I would not be shocked. Right. I mean, right. Uh, but, but there's no way right now that I would draft him unless he's available in like as my second quarterback, because there's just too much risk. There's a you know, the NFL was, is really trying to crack down on guys in situations like this. And he's a big name player that they would want to make an example out of. He, I mean, the whole Texans franchise, I mean, they were terrible with him last year and they've decided to get rid of more and more players around him. Um, so they're just an untouchable franchise to me, but you know, as far as draft position, the only place I would draft him is in a dynasty league. I would even go out of my way to trade for him in a dynasty league, see if mm-hmm. somebody's desperate to give up something for him. Because despite the fact, let's just say he, you know, charges are dropped and whatever, you know, legal ramifications, he's going to be suspended by a league no matter what, it seems to me. There's going to be some sort of Big Ben kind of suspension. I think Big Ben was eight games um but he doesn't even want to play for the texans so let's say all those charges get dropped he gets suspended he still doesn't want to play for him and nobody's trading for an expensive quarterback that they get for eight games during the year so to me he's there is zero value in risking picking him up at all even like if you want to take take him in the last round of your draft fine yeah but there's no reason. There's so many other good quarterbacks. Um, if he gives you eight games of production, it's still not going to be very good because that team stinks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch. So two guys that should be kind of top ten quarterbacks or have some question marks over their head. Another guy that I drafted last year that was you know rolling before he got hurt is Joe Burrow uh, at LSU in his second year now. 
we're going to do an entire episode about quarterbacks, so I don't want to get too in-depth about specific guys, but he's a guy coming back from a pretty significant injury. But they've added some really nice weapons around him. His, uh, what's it, Jamar Chase from um, LSU yep. was his receiver down there in college. Yep. Uh, they had an awesome rapport down there. So, I, I, you know, they already had some really good receivers stepping up from uh, in Cincinnati. So uh, Joe Burrow is a guy that I would say, you know, if we do some sleepers, we do some guys that could pop up and be top 10 quarterbacks that you can get in the, you know, later rounds, he's definitely one of them. You and I are definitely both of the same mindset with quarterbacks. Um, I've never won a league where I picked a quarterback in the first three rounds. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's, there's no, you just can't do it because the difference between the first quarterback and the 10th quarterback is very minimal. The difference between the first and the 10th running back is significant. Um, I like Burrow too. We'll talk a little more, more about him later in this episode with second year players. But um, it's all about his knee and how it's recovering and whether you believe that his offensive line can protect him. He's going to produce. For sure. One more quarterback before we move on. Matthew Stafford, uh, the biggest name really to trade teams, I would assume, for as far as quarterbacks go, um, to the Rams. And you asked me about this. You texted me about it. And I, I have no idea what to think about this. I mean, he's a guy that just gets overlooked in Detroit for so many years and would just put up numbers. Never win games. Had some good, you know, good years with Megatron, and you know Kenny Galladay was there, but was always hurt. Uh, he now has two stud receivers. He has a great running back in Cam Akers, and he, most importantly, he has a coach and an offensive coordinator that are really going to put up some points and have a fast moving offense. Uh, what do you, what do you think about him, and where would you draft him? Because he's a guy that makes a ton of mistakes, throws interceptions, but I don't know if that's from being on the Lions and just you know having a history of sucking, or you know it's just who Matt Stafford is. I think he pressed a lot. I imagine in Detroit, you know, I remember the years where he was good in fantasy. They had to score forty five to win. Yeah, I think Sean McVay wants to do everything to prove to the league that he's every bit the coach that like. Kyle Shanahan is or everybody everybody who's being hired is from his coaching tree now yeah if you look through the league I would imagine at least 30 per, 30 percent of the league is Kyle Shanahan rooted offense which McVay is and McVay wants to prove everybody wrong I mean look what he did with Jared Goff Jared Goff was about to be kicked out of the league as a bust Sean McVay comes in and makes him million hundreds of millions of dollars by making him look good he makes Kirk Cousins look good. Stafford has more talent than both those guys put together. So I believe he will do really, really well. Um, I think, you know, I'm doing some mocks. He's still not being picked in the top five, 10. He, he might be end of the 10, top 10 drafted, but I think he's one of those guys where you, you pick everybody until quarterback. And then, you know, you pick first six, seven rounds, non quarterbacks, and you can sag him and you'll be very happy. Yeah, he's only 33 years old. I feel like he's been in the league for like 100 years, but um, still, you know, still in his prime as far as quarterbacks go. So one more name I I, I don't know how I forgot about, the uh, the birthmark bomber, Drew Brees, retiring uh, after several years in uh, New Orleans and kind of was the face of that franchise. And you, we have it on here, you know, was he really that good over the last couple of years? Not really. I mean, he was below 30 touchdowns for the first time since 2007 uh, in 2019 and 2020 hit only 24 touchdowns last year wasn't a real mobile guy and really couldn't throw it deep um 
I don't know what to make of that team either because you have Taysom Hill there who's young, explosive, can do a lot of fun things, but he's not the passer that a Jameis Winston would be. I mean, if, I, if I'm if i a Dynasty League owner and I have Michael Thomas or one of those guys, I really want Jameis Winston to win that job. I don't know if he's the better quarterback, but I know he's going to put up more fantasy points, and that's all we care about on this show. You know what I mean? Well, what's funny about backup quarterbacks and last year with Michael Thomas is – Michael Thomas, now he was injured most of the year, but backup quarterbacks tend to throw to the number one target more than anybody. So you talk, going back to our conversation about Devontae Adams, if he ended up with Jordan Love, Devontae Adams will get the ball so much because they tend to look at their first target and they're going to look at the best guy. But if you look at the depth chart of the Saints and their weapons, they're not great. Um, they, They lost a lot of people because of cap casualties. I also am, I have Michael Thomas in a dynasty league that we're in together, and I'm hoping that Jameis Winston comes through and is the quarterback. But um, I think that team relies a lot on running, especially early. Feeds Kamara, feeds Taysom Hill, sneaks, steals, t- touches all the time. But um, I think Winston definitely has, is going to be held back a little bit more. But I, I think that offense will still do okay, but... I wouldn't be that high on either of those quarterbacks, even if one of them gets named mm-hmm. a starter. I just don't think they're they're that exciting. They're a they're a bottom of the draft pick up for me. That's it for quarterbacks. Let's move into another topic that you know kind of code related. This will be the first time all NFL teams will be have fans back in the stands. And you had a good stat about you know last season how things were totally different for teams. Yeah, the actually the for the first time in NFL history, road teams had a better record in opposing stadiums. And you know, the other thing that's amazing is you know, like you see the Bucks winning the Super Bowl. Like they had time to communicate and learn those communications. So anybody who is new to a team has a new offensive system, like Urban Meyer with his new offensive system and a rookie quarterback, like any of these rookie quarterbacks have it 10 times harder. And you even look at a guy like Justin Herbert, who had a fantastic year, but still hasn't played in front of a lot of fans. Um, How are they going to adjust that noise level and adjust to that environment? I think there's a big warning sign. If you're drafting and you're getting your number one wide receiver and your number one wide receiver is on a new team or has a new offensive coordinator, Always look at guys that are familiar with the system and a little bit into it. You know, yeah. I think the uh, the crowd noise is definitely going to affect a lot of young players, especially in the next year. Yeah, I feel like that's a great point. The rookies from last year didn't have to deal with that. They didn't have to go to the black hole and play the Raiders on a Monday night game. Or and and conversely. Uh, teams like the Ravens, who their our defense feeds off of that crowd noise, maybe you know didn't have that extra oomph, you know that you might get from you know holding a team on a third and short or something like that. So, uh, yeah. gonna be gonna be a totally different season. But it's crazy that it's that's only time in NFL history that it's been the road team. When you would you would think randomly one year some that would have happened, but it just shows you the uh, the power of the home field advantage. Yeah, I think you know. I think home players feed off that energy as much as mm-hmm. uh, road players are intimidated by it. Yeah. You know, it just fires you up to hear your fans cheering and getting behind you. And the, you know, the time when the quarterback, you know, you hear guys trying to draw guys off sides, they couldn't hear the quarterback before. So now they're more likely to jump off. Well, now the offensive linemen are more likely to jump off. So yeah. 
it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see them back in. I find it as weird now to see a full stadium as I did at the start of COVID when there were empty stadiums. Yeah, yeah, true. It's like just so many people in one place. It's like, you know, it's been so long. Um, let's get into yeah. some of the coaching changes. Uh, this one's kind of depressing because this guy is this, is just the same age as me, and he's the head coach of an NFL team. Arthur Smith is the <laughs> new head coach of the Falcons after a couple years as the Titans offensive coordinator. Uh, I don't think you could walk into a better situation. In, that's even after trading their number one receiver, Greg. I mean, this is really – and this is a team that should be – like if you look at the, some of the players on this team, they they should have just blown people out last se- the last couple seasons. You know, with Matt Ryan, now you're adding Kyle Pitts, you know, maybe the best tight end to come along in the last 10 years. Uh, Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage is a good up-and-coming – receiver you add a mike davis who was great for carolina uh i don't see anything wrong with this offense and that division you know that might be the offense to beat in this division now taking over we just talked about the saints kind of taking a step back uh i i, I disagree with you a little bit um it's not allowed i think tampa I th- if we don't disagree people are not gonna listen <laughs> yeah true um tampa to me is the heads heads yeah, yeah. and shoulders above everybody in that division and the other thing, the thing about the the Falcons, and this is a question I want to ask you, um, the Falcons seem like they have a lot of B parts, not a lot of A pieces. So they've invested heavy in the offensive line over the last few years, lots of first-round picks across there. Turned out okay. Um, they have had defensive-minded coaches, which should help the offense this year, you know, having Arthur Smith. But to me, the, the biggest question for me with the Falcons is, is Calvin Ridley Juju Smith-Schuster when he's becoming number one wide receiver? Meaning, is he really a number two that just thrived, especially because he had a number one cross from him? And, you know, all these guys, Kyle Pitts, I would take him number one in the dynasty league, you know, redraft league without question because the tight end position is just so difficult to find the special players. Yeah. But – um I think, and Mike Davis to me, while we both like him because based on where he's drafted, he's just okay. He's no Derrick Henry. So is Arthur Smith a product of the fact that he had great personnel? I mean, look what the Ravens did to him in the playoffs. One drive they had. So um, it'll remain to be seen. I could see both sides of the argument. Everybody's an offensive genius when they have good players. Yeah, of course. When they don't, they're not as exciting, right? So um remains to be seen, but we'll talk a lot more about the Falcons coming up, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I, I mean, this is a hot take maybe, but I, I think Calvin Ridley could finish up as the number one receiver in fantasy football. I, I'm that I'm that high on him. I just think he's gonna be have a ton of action at that number one spot now. They're gonna be they're gonna be losing or in a lot of close games most weeks. Uh I think yeah. you know, I just and I think Pitts is Pitts is going to be like your number two receiver. You have Gage there as your number three, and then you still have Hayden Hurst, who you know the Ravens fans know that he he, he can get the job done and be a good blocking slash you know, receiving tight end. Uh, I don't think we've seen looking his full at their potential. depth chart. They looking at their depth chart. They will go to tight ends a lot. Yeah. Um, and I I mean we should, we'll bet a six pack of full tilt on that Calvin Ridley prediction. Um, He's just coming off a foot injury. Yeah. He's he's a he's a little bit smaller wide receiver. 
And the days when he's playing a team and Jalen Ramsey's covering Julio Jones, guess who he's covering now? True. So True. remains to be seen. He was a talented, talented wide receiver that, speaking of drafting the right receiver, the Ravens should have taken him. You've said oh, it for yeah. years. Oh, I mean, that, that's, <laughs> that's one of the few things I will criticize the Ravens about is, is passing up on him and, and digs in the later rounds. I mean, just imagine having those two guys with the, the talent that we have now. It would be insane, but, uh, you know, can't, can't look back and can't look back. You gotta look forward. Uh, the other big coaching change in the NFL is former Gators, former Ohio state head coach, urban Meyer taking his first crack at, uh, coaching the NFL, for some reason chose the Jacksonville Jaguars and probably because they had the first pick in the draft and were able to grab your boy, Trevor Lawrence. Um, I don't know what to make of him and what kind of offense he's going to bring, but I'm sure it's going to be tailored around the strengths of their young quarterback. I'm assuming, right? Yeah. They, you know, I don't know how many years Urban Meyer has been out. I've lost track. It's at least three or four years. And you definitely can't do the same stuff you did in college, but he's so stubborn and so, you know, egotistical that he will believe that he can. He's obviously down in Jacksonville, partly because the Gators nation will embrace him. Um, but we should speak about that. We're uh, Clemson and South Carolina fans combining here on a podcast, but, yeah. you know, we mentioned Clemson a few times and watching Trevor over the last three years, He's a special, special talent. Um, if they surround him with the right pieces, it will be a great, a great offense. But I think where you'll get in trouble as a fantasy football owner, I feel like they're going to be one of those teams that week by week, somebody different will star. And the trouble you have drafting guys in these scenarios, like ETN, what do you know about him? How many times did this Jag offense run him? How many times did they catch it? Like, you just don't know. It's it's a chance that could go one way or the other. One week, DJ Shark will be catching a lot of balls. Next week, Marvin Jones. Next week, they'll throw to the third tight end. Like, I feel like Urban Meyer is going to be one of those offenses like the Saints a number of years ago that had seven different personnel groupings where every week somebody, the, the fullback will score a touchdown and you're pissed off because you had James Robinson. You know, like, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's going to be one of the troubles reading um reading the Jags and they were a one in fifteen team. So they're gonna be bad again yeah. this year. I mean they're not gonna suddenly be great. Yeah. But um they're certainly exciting and you never know when Tim Tebow will score a touchdown, right? Oh, that's right. I forgot all about Tim Tebow. Oh my gosh, you should have had that on the notes here. But yeah, you're <laughs> you're right. They have so many guys and they're not gonna score a, a ton of points. They're not gonna win a lot of games. So it's gonna be uh one week this guy, one week it's gonna be confusing and, and you know, hard to keep track of all that. So all right. Uh, Greg and I are also massive Simpson fans, so there might be some Simpsons uh, lingo and quotes mixed into these episodes. So, You put that in the initial tweet, and I want to do one caveat. If you expect anything beyond 2008, oh, you're yeah. on the wrong podcast. Yes. Yes. We are uh, – we are – I think our strength is probably like 97, 96, so about 2008. Yeah. From oh, there. Yeah. At the latest. From there, we're, yeah. we're not in. Yeah, we're all we're out, we're out after that. And the show, it's still going. I can't believe The Simpsons has been on for got my almost my entire life. But uh, that, that's a story for another day. Um, yeah. 
We talked about the quarterbacks. We talked about some coaches. We talked about fans in the stands here. Let's talk about real quickly some second-year players uh, because they didn't get a full full off season. You know that things were messed up with COVID as far as training camps and 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 preseason and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I mean, it didn't affect guys like Justin Jefferson, your boy. You had a lot of boys on this on this episode here, <laughs> and um, Jonathan Taylor, but. Um, there's some, there's some good players from last year's draft that I think didn't get a full chance, and one of them was Michael Pittman for me. When I picked him up in the middle of the season, he was a guy that had the potential, just didn't get a ton of targets. Um, C.D. Lamb's on here as well, could be the number one target for the for the Cowboys. Give me some second-year guys to watch out for here. Uh, again, we could do a whole episode on this, but I want to touch on it real quick because it, it's this has never happened before. We've never had a year like this that was – uh, totally, you know, there was guys out with injuries, guys out with COVID, COVID pro- protocol, and all kinds of stuff. So it was a weird year. Well, you had mentioned earlier that sometimes wide receivers take a longer time to ramp up, but not this past year's class. Not the guys coming into their second year. Yeah, probably one of the best classes in a while. And I think, you know, as young players see what happens with money for running backs, a lot of them are going to quarter to a uh, wide receiver. Um, the reason Michael Pittman will probably do better is because he'll have a quarterback that actually likes to throw a ball down the field. Phillip Rivers loves checkdowns. I mean, that's why Naheem Hines had such a great year. Um, a guy, you know, T. Higgins, to me, despite the presence of Jamar Chase, he's going to be in a pass-heavy offense. He had a great year last year. 73 catches. He's going to be a great one. Um Guy out in uh, with the Rams, Van Jefferson. He came out of Florida, second-year player. I don't know how many balls he caught last year, but it can't be very many. He was touted as a really good route runner, kind of in the mold of like a Cooper Cup type. Cooper Cup is consistently injured, and um, I think Van Jefferson taking over that third wide receiver role uh, they lost their third wide receiver, Josh Reynolds, to Tennessee Titans. And they also lost their second tight end, Gerald Everett, to Seattle. So they could go a lot more three wide receiver sets. So Van Jefferson is a guy that you could take a shot on in the late rounds. And then a guy I love out of San Francisco, too, is Brandon Ayuk. I mean, that dude is an athlete. He's just awesome. Yeah, so ton of ton of talent. Van Jefferson had 19 catches, and I just don't he he wasn't on the field as much as he should have been. I don't know if he just wasn't picking up the game right, or like you said, that, that he was their number fourth option. So uh, we we will see. I was always you know with Josh Reynolds there. I was always hoping, like you said, there was injuries there, and Josh Reynolds would get on the field and never never really get the ball. So uh, they have their guys they they want to throw to, and that's hopefully going to be a carve out a spot for Van Jefferson. Um, yeah, hopefully they have more time to learn the playbook too this year. For sure, uh, we can touch on some running backs here. Jonathan Taylor is kind of the consensus guy from last year to be take that next step, maybe be a, a late first round, early second round running back choice in a lot of drafts. But there's a lot of talent here. A guy I liked a lot is Cam Akers, who really turned it on in the playoffs last year, the NFL playoffs, not the fantasy playoffs. What uh, was great for them? Caught the ball a lot. Um, coming out of, I think, Florida State is where he was from. And, um, That's right. Daryl Henderson is is still there. They lost uh, Marlon Brown, so that's one kind of cat obstacle for him for, for carries. But um, 
I think he's going to be the guy and run with that job, and I think it's a it's a two horse race there. I'm not super high on Dobbins. I just think the Ravens. I mean, you have Lamar there. Obviously, you have Gus Edwards who just resigned. You have a, a, a ton of guys running the ball. And I know they run the ball more than any team in the league, but I just think Dobbins Dobbins is going to have to be more of a receiver for this team, um, in the vein of like a, a Ray Rice. Do you agree or no? Yeah, uh, with. Getting back to Acres real quick, I agree with you 100%. He was, you always look guys how they finish the year and how they're being used towards the end of the year um, and being a good receiving threat. And looking back at the Rams and their history with running backs, when they had Gurley, they rode him. They were a run first team, despite McVay liking to pass. Uh, Dobbins definitely has to catch the ball more. Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson are both going to be hampers to his total value. He's more of a running back, too, for sure. The trouble with Jonathan Taylor, if you're doing your mock drafts through Yahoo and everybody's running back hungry, they have him ranked five. Wow. And and to me, he I had him last year um, in one hell of a dynasty league team, but he didn't do anything for a number of weeks. And I remember in the Ravens game, they practically benched him. And then it's looking like maybe Marlon Mack returns off injury. He was injured before the season. They still got Naheem Hines there catching the ball out of the backfield, stealing a lot of the catches. So to me, Jonathan Taylor is one of those guys, and we can talk more about it when we get into running backs, that great player, but I don't I, – when I pick a guy in the first round, I want a bankable ass, like guy I know that's going to produce. And he could go either way. He, he'll probably be fine, but is he top five worthy? No. Uh, the guy who got – all the hype last year before the season you even took him in the first round mm. Clyde Edwards Hilaire yeah um what the problem was for him was they had a terrible offensive line that couldn't push at the near the end zone he couldn't score touchdowns so Patrick Mahomes had to throw him and the Kansas City Chiefs kicked a lot of field goals last year and they gave they, they gave him the ball I mean I I watched those games on like the stat tracker on, on Yahoo. They gave him the ball a lot on the goal line. It wasn't for lack yeah. of trying to give him the ball. So that's a good point. Yeah. So I think, you know, he, I, in the mock dress I've done, he's getting drafted around the same as Dobbins second, third round. It's one of those guys that people were all excited about and he didn't produce, but Andy Reed and running backs are like peanut butter and jelly. Mm-hmm. They, they, I mean, they mix real well. Um, he loves to give it and he's done it with small running backs. I mean, you look back at Brian Westbrook. I remember playing in the early days of fantasy and I'm like, no way that guy survives the season (laughs) and he would. Um, so Clyde Edwards Hilaire is one of the second round, second year guys, I think is going to really produce to what he was thought to be. And they didn't add anyone. That's, that's the key. When you, when you, you have a running back who doesn't have the greatest year, it's, you know, if they add someone in the draft. Um, I mean, he did pick up Jarek McKinnon, but I think that's just a camp body at this point. He's, you know, kind of seen his better days. But I, I think better days are, are there for ahead. You know, they, they add former Raven Orlando Brown to the offensive line and become, you know, plug him in at left they got tackle. a whole new offensive line yeah. <laughs> across the board. They got yeah. the best, you know, in theory, the best guard. Uh, a couple guys we didn't talk about, Antonio Gibson and DeAndre Swift. Uh, DeAndre Swift's going to be on a terrible team with the Lions, but I think he's going to get a ton of touches. Yeah. Um, they're going to check down to him a lot. So I think he's a good option. Antonio Gibson out of Washington. What's your feeling on him? 
Who, say it again. Antonio Gibson out of Washington with the Washington football team. Man, I think, I mean, he, they didn't even use him. Before the season started, That it was like this guy was going to be their receiving threat. There was going to be some other guys. Maybe Peyton Barber was going to step up. And he just became the, the, the workhorse back. And it was J.D. McKissick who became, I think he was the second in the league. I think he had like 70 catches. <laughs> yeah, so 80 I th- catches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think Gibson, the ceiling can only go up. I don't think that's going to be the case because you don't have Alex Smith, a quarterback anymore, and, and he was just kind of the, the check down master. I think they'll try to get Gibson more involved in the offense. I think he'll have an even better season, maybe a little bit less running, a little bit more on the passing side, but he'll be more of a complete guy. And he's a guy I would be tempted to take, you know, in that second round if I if I go with a receiver first round or something like that. Yeah, he's the only concern I would have about him is because I don't think he was an every down running back in college. But no, we talked about it. We talked about it earlier. You can't really look at injuries because somebody's going to be injured no matter what. Uh, you can't predict injuries, but he's one of those guys wear and tear. I would worry about a little bit for sure. Um, so that's kind of our top 10 list. Uh, I, I don't know if you've thought of a, a, a guy's name that you want to kind of plant the flag in here on our inaugural episode that you're going to take in all your drafts. If not, I can go first. That's, Why don't that's... you go first while I take a look at it. Um, okay. and then I'll, uh, I'll uh, give you a guy I like. For sure. Uh, my name is, is not a sleeper. He's a, a big-name quarterback. It's Josh Allen, quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, 25 years old, uh, the centerpiece of their offense. Uh, they should only get better going forward. He got better, and that's what you really want to see from year to year to year. I mean, he's gone from 10 to 20 to 37 touchdowns. He has the the ability to run, which a lot of quarterbacks now are, are do not – I mean – more and more we're seeing that with quarterbacks, but you kind of in fantasy football you got to have a guy that can get you those extra 200, 300, 400 yards, and he can definitely do it. Um, he's a fun player to watch. He has some great weapons. He had 400 yards rushing last year with uh, how many touchdowns here? Uh, let me pull it up here. No, 421 yards rushing and eight touchdowns. So uh, he's a guy nine touchdowns a year before rushing eight in his rookie year. So he's going to keep running. I mean, he's, he's still in his prime, probably not in his prime yet. Um, and a guy that you can get probably four rounds later than Mahomes that I think could probably put up similar numbers, maybe not the same, but maybe a point or two or three less than Mahomes a game. And you're saving that draft value for sure. You're grabbing two running backs, two receivers. Then you're taking Josh Allen in the third, fourth, fifth round. Um, I just think he's a guy who could be uh, another MVP caliber season. I know there's a lot of good quarterbacks at the top, and I don't really like to take quarterbacks early, but if I'm going to take one, it's going to be for that number three, number four guy that I can wait a little bit and grab him maybe around before people think he's going to be drafted. He is a definite bankable asset that you have no thoughts of him falling off in a big way. The other thing is he seems, you know, he's a big, strong guy. So the the odds of injury are less with him. The other thing I really like about him, and we'll talk about this more with running backs is they don't have a great running back. Yes. And so like, they're just little pieces, these guys. So they rely on him in the red zone a lot. They do a lot of passing. They do, you know, he throws 40, 50 times a game and runs seven or eight. Um, he is definitely a bankable asset. Um, you just, you know, it's always value where they're drafted in the rounds. So. Yep. Yep. Um, just looking over guys, and there's a lot of guys I really like, but 
somebody who's kind of taken for granted. He got the injury label early in his career. Keenan Allen to me, based on you can get him as your number two wide receiver in like the fifth or sixth round. He is uh, anytime I look at a wide receiver, I want to say, is he their number one option? I will take the number one option on any team over the third option or second option, even on a good team. Keenan Allen is on an offense that really moves it. He's um, sorry. I'm blanking on the quarter. Herbert yep. Herbert's favorite target. You look at their depth chart, uh, Mike Williams, Tryon, some guy named Palmer, I think is a rookie. You know, it's just not like these names that you know. They don't have a they don't have a tight end. They got Jared Cook, who's been around on 12 teams now. Oh, yeah. So they just don't have any other like guys on the team where you say there's no question Herbert's going to him all the time. And they don't have a fantastic running game. Eckler's more of a in-between running back. So I love Keenan Allen, not only as a player, but based on where you can get him. Um, a number one wide receiver in the fifth round is awesome. Yeah, it's, it's there's not too many teams. like They're a pretty high-scoring team, and you look at the weapons they have. I mean, they have some really good, you know, versatile running backs in Eckler. Um, yeah. But but Mike Williams is not the answer. I mean, it's been enough years now. I'm not going to you know shit on him because he's a, a Clemson guy. But I mean, he he's <laughs> we, he, we haven't mentioned many South Carolina guys yet. So. No, we have not. We we talked about <laughs> Jared Cook. He just talked about Jared Cook there. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but he's he's not bad. But he's not a he's not going to threaten to. He's not a Calvin really. He's not going to be able to get rid of Keenan Allen. And, he, and he's make, injured usually. Yeah, always hurt. I mean, that's the only thing about Keenan Allen. He's hurt a good about a bit too. That's my only hesitation. But if you want to ask me for a guy that could be a top three receiver, I don't think he can get to number one. I think his those days are past him. He's up at twenty nine years old now. But I mean, the targets are there. One hundred and forty nine targets in two thousand nineteen. One hundred and forty seven in two thousand twenty. He played. 13 games started 13 games this year 16 the year before so he's a guy that seems like he's always hurt but he's one of those guys that will, will miss the first half or something or like you know always come back in you know you'd always get the alert that uh you know keenan allen is down on the ground and then he you know, scores two touchdowns or something so um that's a that's a great pick and he's a guy still you know still in his prime a, a great up-and-coming quarterback and a team that's going to score a lot of points so i i there's we should do an episode on that too because there's there's not too many teams where you can look up and down the depth chart like I mean who's their number two option it's really you know that that Chargers offense hums man especially with with now with Herbert there I think he's going to get better and better so uh, we will see that's a great pick you know what's fun about this so far Phil is you know you and I when we started this I mean I think I took you like a week and a half ago and here we are. Um, and I was like, oh, are we going to have enough topics for like three or four shows? <laughs> but every time every time we talk about something, I'm like, oh, wow, there's this angle we could talk about. Yep. So yep. we're going to have a lot of fun doing these. And I hope everybody who's listening uh, had fun with us this first one. You know, I'm sure we'll get better and better at this. But I think we can all agree that everybody who likes football wishes they could be a GM or player. I know I'd, I'd love to be a GM for – football team this is the closest i'm ever going to get yep so i'm having a lot of fun doing this and i hope you guys do too for sure thanks for joining me greg we'll be doing these uh i think next week we'll start recording two or three episodes and do some positional stuff uh we'll get some questions hopefully for some listeners we'll do some mock drafts uh so we'll have some fun but again you guys can find us on social media and uh that's it for episode number one greg i think you did pretty good i'm gonna give you a 
I'll give you an A minus on this one. You know, you A just... minus, I'll take it. You're probably yeah. grading a little bit. You're grading a little bit on a curve. I appreciate you being the pro on this. <laughs> and uh, like you said, anybody who has any topic ideas, please shoot them our way. We'd love the feedback. For sure. Uh, for Greg Angel, I'm the hot take kid, Phil Gentile. Thank you for listening, guys. We'll be back here next week on the Fig Cave Fantasy Football Podcast. Just tells me to run.